Hello, hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret. We are talking all things confidence, and today we are talking about creativity. Um, I've just been doing a five-day spring clean challenge, and today is day two as we're recording this, and we were talking about creativity in terms of, you know, really being able to tap into you know, options and play and fun and, and creative people tend to be more optimistic and tend to be, you know, able to see various options, not just have one route mapped out for themselves. And so I'm very excited to introduce to you my guest for today. I know nobody better and able to talk about creativity than my guest today. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about them and then I will bring them on. Just um, while we're here, if you are listening to this on podcast, you should know that Confidence Through Cabaret on YouTube will have the vodcast, the video version of this. Uh, if you're here on YouTube with us, then know that there is an audio version anywhere you get your podcast, check out Confidence Through Cabaret. So with that all said, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. My guest, is a, a, a natural born performer. I mean, oh my goodness, like I can't imagine this person if they didn't ha have this creativity and this expression in their life. They are an inspiration for me about being unapologetic and owning your space and stepping into your spotlight um, and encourage others to do the same which is such a beautiful thing to be able to share with the world. So my guest today has been a cabaret performer, host, uh, drag artist for over 10 years, has worked in the uh, United States, has worked in across Europe and here in the UK where we both are. Um, they are also a recording artist. So my guest today uh, made, created an album during lockdown for the first time, just learning their own way, which is so inspiring. And that comes from being creative, right? That's from like looking at creative solutions and looking for ways that you can do things and not reasons why you can't. And my guest today is also an amazing artist, as in drawing. I, I, I just... Uh, it's breathtaking. We're going to talk about that. So please join me in welcoming, I was going to say to the stage, but yes, it is the stage because this is our stage. Please join me in welcoming the incomparable, fabulous and inspiring Dis. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for that lovely uh, introduction. That was wonderful to hear. Thank you so much. Oh, but it's true. It's every word of it is true. Also, I should say this is one of the co-pioneers of Confidence Through Cabaret back in the day. This is true. This is right? True. Not only right. recording artists during lockdown, not only doing online cabaret shows, not only creating art and visuals, but also co-pioneering a company that is now Confidence Through Cabaret. Woo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So what is creativity, Dis? Well, I mean, I don't think you can sum it up in, say, one word. I don't think there's a specific process that works for everybody, and I don't think uh, creativity looks the same for everybody. Um, so sometimes I think uh, we get bogged down in the idea that um, when we say, for instance, like, um, like when we say artist, there's like a very specific set of images that gets conjured up um by that so for instance like you said like uh fine art you know with drawing painting uh musicianship you know things like that 
but there's also any number of, of different disciplines uh, that can be considered part of the artistic canon, you know, crafting and, and doing lots of different things. So art and creativity can come and manifest in your life in a number of different ways. Um, I like to think of it as the place where you can uh, conceptualize, you can create and, and uh, sort of foster new ideas or explore ideas. Um, it's also about bringing a certain amount of joy and empathy and emotion into your life. So I think it's it's anywhere within your within your life that you feel like you can uh, bring things, bring new things into the world, and also uh, stimulate your own mind into creating and uh, visualizing brand new things for yourself and those around you. You know, it's it's a it's a force as much as it is anything else. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, I love that you're talking about it being individual because I would never have thought about myself as a creative person, right? Because right. I judge what I'm doing, right? So mm -hmm. I draw something and then I go, ooh, that's terrible. And then I sing and I go, ooh, that's terrible. And then I, do you know, and I, so when we judge those things, mm -hmm. then it stifles our creativity because yeah. we, we're, it, we're led to believe that there's a way that is supposed to be. Yes, yeah, and that it has to fit within these codified things. So it has to be painting, drawing, singing. You know, it can't be any number of other things. Like, um, it can't be, you know, uh, just uh, sometimes curating your space. Uh, you know, there is an absolute art to creating a space and to creating uh, to creating an environment where you feel uh, stimulated or relaxed. You know, one of those you know those flip sides of the coins. Um, there's an art to that and I think sometimes we get bogged down in the idea that art has to be a specific practice or a grand practice um, when in fact it can be entirely it should be I think in lots of ways entirely personal absolutely absolutely I mean even if you're even if you're somebody you're a business person and you you know you need to solve problems in your business creativity mm -hmm. comes into that absolutely. you know if you if you have any conflict with people, whether that's you know in, in various forms of relationships, or whether that's you know uh, even even people that you don't know, then you know how you foster that relationship and that communication is about creativity. Exactly, I find it hard to define it without using the the term create as well because it, it <laughs> the, the term applies itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anywhere you feel that you can bring something new or bring something. Uh, totally uniquely yours um, of your perspective that doesn't mean it has to be a, a revolutionarily new brand new genre or whatever the minute it comes from you it still has its its uniqueness its own voice when it comes from a, a true place of, of, of ownership and identification yeah absolutely and we, you know we've both worked in business for a mm -hmm. long time now and you know you you'll you'll have come across businesses where they stifle the creativity. They tell you what to say, how long to be on a call yeah. or, a, or a ticket or, or item or, um, you know, what, what to say or, yeah. you know, and once that happens, that business doesn't tap into creating mm -hmm. anything yeah. new. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, those businesses, ultimately, they might succeed for a while while that's trending. But then, of course, ultimately, it fails because they're not creating something new. Yes, very true. I think there has to be a form of innovation in business, whether whether or not you're, you're, you're changing your position to encounter a potential new development within that industry. Or if you're trying to retroactively work against away from something, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, so let's talk a little bit about 
like you you created everything for two albums which you have yes. now released right yeah. Yeah, so so where does that start when you are creating an album what what what's the first bit well, so the first record uh, fragments came very <laughs> came very specifically from <clears throat> from the fact that I was definitely having some form of breakdown. So, <laughs> um, so there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, but uh, specifically, I think I I'd always wanted to to create something. I always wanted to create something that didn't sound like other stuff that was going around. Uh, that wasn't being made by other people who would be considered within my oeuvre. Um, I wanted to do something that was not reliant on uh, typical instrumentation. Uh, a lot of the artists that I really admire and a lot of the performers that I've, I've really grown to love over the years um, have been people who have taken things, uh, instruments sometimes, not always. Um, and tried to find uh, a way of playing them or making them into a musical instrument or creating a, a, a form of art sonically through their use. Um, <clears throat> people like Diamanda Galas and uh, Throbbing Gristle and Cabaret Voltaire. How quickly were you waiting for me to get to say Diamanda? Um, <laughs> that was always going to happen. <laughs> right, it was always going to happen. It was always going to happen. Um, but, you know, uh, people from the post-punk and punk generations, No Wave and things like that, as well as jazz um anyone who plays an instrument in a way that makes it sound completely different to the way you would expect it to be played um which gives you a lot of freedom because if you're trying to use uh equipment that you don't have a full grasp on and you don't have access to instrumentation uh or don't even have the the knowledge and basis of how to play those instruments you start to look at things in a different way and go well what can i do to make that a possibility so, okay, I don't have a single drum, but I do have a cheap online drum programming software that I can use. Or alternatively, I can go outside, smash a bunch of, of things and record them and then loop them and figure out how to loop things. So that's what I did. I was lucky enough to have access to a certain amount of technology um, in that I have uh, a, a decent computer with you know garage band on it that I could input this stuff in. But largely, I didn't know what I was doing. So necessity is the mother of invention. You just keep going. Um, is the record perfect? No, it is not. Is it a fully realized, very, um, uh, fully realized discussion with nuance? You know, to to the stuff that I was exploring uh, with that particular record. No, it is not. Do I still love it? Absolutely. Yes, I do. Um, and it informed a lot of the stuff that has now put me onto the second EP, which now has taken me onto a, my actual full second album, which is a lot more sort of narrative and story based, so um, and a lot more, uh, a lot more fully realised. I like to think like there's a lot more depth and level to it, and there's a lot more that I've been able to achieve um, and and articulate with it as well. Beautiful. So you so you took your learning from your first album mm -hmm. and then you sort of said, OK, so now how do I grow that and extend that? Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like a lot of us would have gone, well, I don't know how I don't play an instrument. I don't I don't know how to use the software, so I can't yeah. do an album, even though I'd love to, you know, and you know, that tyranny of how often yeah. stops us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it stopped me for years. Like, do not get me wrong. It stopped me for years. I was always relying on somebody else to create the music for me and to channel whatever and, you know, to be able to to be able to articulate the sound as I wanted to hear it. Um, <clears throat> and at a certain point, it, you get a bit frustrated with the the, the having to rely on others. Um, <clears throat> but you also, you know, I was in a very specific set of circumstances and the fact that we were in the first pandemic uh, when I when I first touched this stuff. I had been writing for a long time, I've been writing for years and been catching bits and pieces and then were drawing my inspirations in, but I hadn't, you know, taken that step to do something myself. I'd started working with a friend of mine, but the pandemic again came in and that all shut down. So the question was, are you going to wait for potentially two years? You know, because we could see, I felt like I could see this was a long period of time that was coming up. Was I going to, am I going to wait for years to do this or am I going to just try it? It may not work. It may fail. It may be dreadful. Uh, who cares? At this point, you know, the world is falling apart. I might as well do something that's mine. You know, if I fail, at least I tried, you know, if I fail. Yeah. At least. And you might never have, have made that time to yeah. do that or afforded yourself that time, except that we were locked away. So yeah, yeah know, exactly. isolation had a lot of gifts to it. And yes, I can it remember having conversations with you about just even like uh, attachments between a projector mm -hmm. and a laptop. Oh my God. And I had a, a little bag of, of <laughs> it's kind of yeah. weird, IVs, you know, I mean, it goes back to that, to, to some real basics. And I think, you know, that the inspiration that you bring from going from that to creating something mm. that you put out there into the world is is just incredible. And it's it's something that everyone should be able to to take inspiration from and to take note of that mm. you can do that. Right. And, and and it art is should be available to everybody. Um, I think artistic expression should be available to everybody, and everybody should have the ability or um, or the uh, the option to enjoy when they want to. Um, I think we often gatekeep art forms quite heavily, uh, which is a, a huge problem. Uh, we also, um, I think, we as much as we rely on them culturally, and I mean that across the board, we rely on art culturally as a society to function, we just do. Um, without it, you you go mad. It just turns into a dispassionate mess. Um, you, you see that <clears throat> in spite of that, society still treats art as it is negligible. You know, the if you watch the BBC in the UK, we have the BBC News and Sport, Art does not really come into that at all. You'll have half an hour of sports scores, but you know nothing of the arts. In spite of the fact that this brings in more uh, money to the economy than any other <laughs> one of the any other industries, um, we relied on it in the pandemic. Um, it is something that allowed people to keep going and to do different things and to feel something when a lot of the time it was just crushing. You know, um, art is something that everybody has the option and the ability to exercise in. So what I mean by that is that if you feel like, uh, if you feel like you cannot draw, cannot sing, cannot dance, you know, I cannot do this X, Y, and Z, um, you know, insert specific limiting belief here. Um, 
I kind of would remind you to say, well, who who told me that? Um, what what reason did they have, and what stake did they have into that? Uh, because truthfully, who starts off perfect in any of these disciplines? It, it is a very rare thing that someone will pick up a pencil and have the immediate aptitude to do it. It is just, it is not, you know, not everybody can sit down and be, you know, a young Mozart or, you know, any of these people. It's not possible um, for everybody. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes mistakes, primarily. Um, <laughs> mistakes are the biggest portion of it, that and procrastination. Um, uh, but everybody has the option to indulge in those things whether that is uh if you say for instance you you feel like drawing is not your thing but you really like to just move your body you know uh incorporating just you know 10 15 minutes of just moving around to music it's an art form it's called dance explore it express it everybody can dance everybody can dance majoritively speaking um even if that's just moving in place, even if that's just tilting the head, you know, even if that's just moving to the rhythm of a song, it's a form of art, it's a form of you expressing yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be for anybody else as well, that's the great thing about art, as much as it is, you know, and does draw other people in, as much as it allows for, um, uh, as, much as, as much as it allows to buoy the experience of others, you know, like we all watched I'm sure a hundred hours of different TV and, and movies during lockdown, uh, trying to stimulate ourselves. Um, it doesn't have to be for somebody else. It can be just for you, um, which is another wonderful part of it. It's very enriching to have that that inner world of, of thoughts and, and emotions and explorations, you know. Um, I, I think it's really important to remind ourselves that you don't have to, you are not limited to your artistic expression. Nobody gets to tell you whether or not it's good or bad. Um, and nobody gets to tell you whether or not you can enjoy an art form. It is not limited to somebody else's experience of you. It is your experience. And that's the wonderful thing about art. And that I, that is so well said. Thank you for, for saying that. Because we are conditioned, you know, when, when I was a teenager, young teenager, like mm. early teens, I was told I couldn't take art classes because I I didn't I, I I couldn't draw or paint or whatever, and surely the reason why you take it is to learn to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Same with, and I think this is not only but especially true for for boys. Mm -hmm. They're told not to dance, like that you mm -hmm. can't dance and hold it in. And I, I raised three boys and made sure that they dance mm. and that they yeah. knew they could dance and that they knew that they could sing whether mm. they choose to or not is a different thing sure. but there was no way they were going to be allowed for anybody else to tell them you can't dance or you shouldn't dance and yet how many how many grown men and it's not just mm. men um but especially men you know they, they don't feel comfortable to dance and yeah. so they, you they'll know, stand at the edge of the <laughs> of the dance floor looking in yeah, absolutely. And you'll see, you'll see, you know, at a, at a school dance, the girls will be dancing with each other and the boys are kind of, this isn't cool. And they Patriarchy, all man. Patriarchy. Patriarchy again. I mean, honestly, all, all roads lead back to the patriarchy, honestly. But, you know, I, I fully wanted to combat that. And even mm. then there was a lot of resistance because 
I put my boys in dance classes. Sure. And in singing yeah. classes. And, and what was interesting was that it got to a certain point where the, the other boys would, would be saying, you do that. That's uncool. Mm -hmm. Whether they wanted to secretly do it or not didn't yeah. matter. They were told it's not, it's not cool. Yeah. And I don't have natural rhythm. Right. Okay. Um, as in, I'm constantly told, and a, a, a very um, uh, a, a common friend of ours, let's <laughs> say, um, many times in dance <clears throat> classes, told oh, me, somebody's off rhythm, it's you. <laughs> and I would go, well, cool, but this is how I want to move. <laughs> <clears throat> and also, I'm paying for the dance class, and right. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now, so I can move how I want to not necessarily to the rhythm that you're hearing right but i had to learn that because mm -hmm. i was taught you're supposed to dance to the you know four four count or whatever right, right, or, you know yeah. um and so and so you're you're not supposed to throw in extra little taps or movements right. you know and 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 i genuinely now am at the stage where i don't it doesn't worry me but that took years to be able yeah. to get over that right yeah to be able to say, this is what I'm here to express, and this is how I'm choosing to express it, and yeah. to hell with everybody else. So I yeah. love that you've said that about that it, it it is it can be just for you. It, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't have, have to be about yours. other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the idea is that you know I think that we whenever you create art, you have to give it to someone. You have to give it to the world. The world owns it. Um, and that's simply not true. Art can be created entirely for, for oneself. There are plenty of artists who specifically asked that certain works were not put on display to the public because they weren't for public consumption. Whether or not that happened, I'm quite sure is, is not the case. But, um, uh, you know, there are plenty of things that artists created just entirely for themselves as tributes for themselves or for lovers or, you know, for the, the people they wanted to have very insularly within their lives um, that then had to see those works put out into the public. Um, and that wasn't their intention, you know. Um, uh, an artist creates work, I think, um, as a, in lots of ways as a mirror to the society that they live in. Um, and sometimes that's not, you don't always want to share your full viewpoint to the world because that can actually be very vulnerable. Um, you know, when you're when you're laying your heart out bare and saying this is how I feel about something, sometimes that can be extremely scary and extremely uh, difficult um, uh, to deal with, especially when other people's opinions are then put on it. Um, so it's absolutely fine to create work that's just it's a bit like dreaming, I like to think. Because when we dream, we we sort through the detritus of the day and everything that's going through our brains. You know, we receive these messages and we do what we do with them. Um, and I feel like that's what art is a lot of the time. It's our way of reconciling what we see in the world with how we feel about that. Um, so sometimes those thoughts are unfinished and messy and they're, they're meant for just you. They're meant for you to just go, oh yeah, that's how I felt about that great i can keep that for just me and know what that means you know um so it doesn't have to be that you're you know showing these pieces of work to lots of people um it doesn't have to be about others it's just about you and that's again that's part of the beauty of this um i mean if you are producing something that is to go out into the world yes there is an element of oh my god um <laughs> because there always is going to be 
Um, <clears throat> and yes, it, you have no control over that, unfortunately, once you once it's out there, it's out there. Um, you can't really do much to mitigate that. But that's also kind of kind of amazing in and of itself. It's like, you know, you give birth to something and then it goes and does what it does. Um, and and sometimes that's an extremely rewarding experience and sometimes it's kind of painful, but um, it's your expression. It's uniquely yours. And uh, once it's out there, it's, it's another thing that you've done. It's something you've accomplished. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I picked up one of the things that you sort of said earlier on in the sort of introduction about artists being uh, optimists. I certainly wouldn't consider myself an optimist um, in many ways, but I would certainly say that after a certain period of time, I have developed a case of the, excuse the language, but the fuckets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know uh there's any number of times people will say to me you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this you can't do that and honestly if i'd listened to all of those things i wouldn't have toured i wouldn't have met the people i've met i wouldn't have had the experiences i've experienced i wouldn't have you know done the things i've done and uh fuck it uh yeah because their limited beliefs are theirs and nothing to do with me. Uh, so when people have told me in the past, you shouldn't sing these songs uh, if you want to get booked multiple times, um, fine, I'll continue to sing them though. Uh, I'm still gonna do that because I don't want to sing what you're singing because it doesn't interest me. Um, uh, you can't make this record because people won't buy it. I don't care if you buy it, it wasn't about you buying it. <laughs> you, know? um, you you can't wear this particular outfit and still be considered this. It's very frustrating that you have such a narrow view of things, but uh, I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want. Um, and I think when you start to adopt that, when you realize that um, that can be transferable, you start to open up a lot of different things. Um, one of the things that we talked about a lot during the, the beginning of Confidence Through Cabaret uh, was transferable skills. So when, well, I, you know, when we both started, uh, we were not in a great place. And we were trying to figure out how uh, we could appear so uh, confident in one area of our lives. Um, and yet in personal life, or say work life or stage life, you know, wherever it was, you know, did not feel confident at all. And going through those early processes of saying, right, well, okay, why do I want to do this? How did I create this persona? How did I do these things in the first place? How can I transfer that to the other areas of my life? Um, is is just as important this way. So it, it works on both sides. Um, there is plenty of creativity and there is plenty of uh joy and uh an inspiration to access that you probably access on a daily basis um but don't often get to express um so i would generally ask people if you had the option to express something what would it be and if you could do that without any sort of unfettered uh, any problems to access or anything what would it look like and then you can start going well how can I create that on a small scale? And how can I move that forward? And how can I change that, you know, move the needle? Uh, how can I move that needle each time and, and incorporate that into my own life? Um, you don't have to write and record a record. You don't have to 
paint a grand scene. You don't have to do any of that. You can simply curate your space. You could uh, grow something, um, you know, growing uh, wonderful plants and ecosystems in your house is a great way of doing things. Um, it's a, an art form in and of itself. Um, you know, there are plenty of ways to incorporate that play. Maybe it's just dancing on your own for 10 minutes a day with the curtains drawn and just having a great damn time. You know, to whatever music you want, there is no one telling you what is good or bad. Ignore that. Good or bad are out the window. Every time you want to say good or bad, this is good or bad, just say, I don't know, that's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for me. This isn't about limiting. This is about just creating unfettered. I love that. And that for me is what optimism is about. When, sure, sure. And when we when we allow and explore and express our creative energy, mm. that's when we can really tap into who we are mm. and believe in that. Right. And that's what I mean by optimism. I don't mean right. like, oh, this is going to sell or this is, you know, this is going to make me money or this is going to, you know, elevate my career or mm. whatever. You know, it's, it's much more about just that freedom of expression and that, mm. that freeing. Yeah is is about being allowed and entitled and mm. and for that to be wonderful yeah. you know my neighbors don't care that every saturday night they play don't cry out loud very loud with disco lights so i try very hard love that as a non-judgmental practice to not go what is their deal? Because I, because they don't care, right? Yeah. They're enjoying it. They're dancing around their dining room. Yeah. Not joking. Colored disco lights, music yeah. blaring. You can, I can hear um, it in my house. Why the and, hell not? And there, and and there, there's that, there's that freedom. So that is what mm. happens when we're children, right? We don't care who's watching. In fact, if people mm. are watching, even better because it's fun, right? <laughs> right? But but then somehow we go through that conditioning of. No, 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 mm. don't do that. Be small, be quiet, be careful, yeah. be not vulnerable, be, you know, don't, don't, don't put yourself out there too much so that people could judge you because people will judge you. And then we're taught how to judge other people and all of that. And this is a returning to that. We get to decide, mm. we get to affirm what it is that we want to express. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, in, you know, with that conditioning that you're talking about as well, that comes from, that comes at, at all levels. Um, and I'd like to remind people that every single artist has some form of, of self-doubt that, that comes into that process. Um, some of the most incredible pieces of, of art I've seen in a contemporary sphere from people who I consider, you know, my contemporaries um, have occasionally come off to me and gone, oh, my God, it was dreadful. This means nothing. And, da, 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 da. and you're like, what? But, you know, and you have to kind of sit there and go, See, it, it happens to everybody. Um but that uh, that uh, idea of of art and play and creativity being essentially worthless is echoed on such a consistent basis that we now even have you know the CEO of Spotify. Um, I think his name. What was his name? His name was one second. Daniel Eck. Daniel Eck went on record um, saying we should stop calling ourselves artists and consider ourselves content creators. Um, stop creating albums, only release a single every week kind of thing. Now, the, the problem that we have here, 
you know, he wants to remove the term artist, which tells you everything about how that person views an artistic process, which is never consistent. Uh, I can tell you that I go through a six month period where I'm extremely creative. I will have months at a time where I feel creative and then months at a time where I am empty. <laughs> um, to be perfectly honest, you know, within the, the frame of things at the moment, I'm just coming out of a phase where I felt like I was drowning um, <laughs> because I had nothing in me creatively. Um, and, uh, you know, we have people saying, don't call yourself artists. Look at it like a machine. Imagine it as a as a conveyor belt to create yourself to, to make money. Uh, this is the death of art. Um, having a practice is is good, you know. However, having uh, I have to, I have no choice. Uh, this is how this works. It has to look this way. Is never a good foundation for creativity. No. It is the exact worst thing for creativity. Because if we're creating content, mm -hmm. then that's for others to consume. It is yeah. then just a consumer society. Yes. And that, ha that, that can't be mm. all that we are. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know, I think, I think when, when you talk about, you know, and, and a lot of artists have, have taken their, their mm. content, content off of Spotify mm. um, for, for differing polit political reasons. Mm. These are artists who don't, don't allow anyone to dictate to them what and how they record mm. and what and how they express. They just I don't. I also add um, that a lot of the musicians who who have um, who have taken up the arms on that, I admire their stance, but I would also say when they tell uh, younger artists, as in like fledgling artists, oh, well, you shouldn't be, that's an extreme level of privilege. Uh, <laughs> it's extreme level. I just wanted to put that in there because a lot of artists recently have said that, and I'm like, no, you don't get to say that. There's very no. few platforms available to artists to be discovered on and to work through consistently and make money. Yeah. Um, and Spotify, Amazon, and a lot of these things have set themselves up to be that corner in the market. Sure, so, and they've got get discovered. They've, they've got. They, that's why they're produ they're producing exactly. art. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know the likes of Joni Mitchell, who is one of the ones who took her music off the Spotify. Um, for for political stance, um, was 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 talking about. I understand why young artists need these platforms. Yeah, I would never judge somebody who doesn't put their music up mm. there because they need to, yeah. but they shouldn't need to. Yeah, on a platform where it's dictated, they yeah. should be, they they shouldn't need that. You know, yeah. they should be able to express their music and have it be mm. out there or their art. Yeah. And be out there mm. without the gatekeepers yes absolutely you know and i think i think that's a that's that's a, a, a really important thing and i think i think once the once the privileged artists who have mm. decades and millions of fans and so on behind them yeah. then that's a that's a, a really different thing but again mm. that comes back to not judging right if it's yeah. right for you then it's right and if it's exactly. not right for you it's right for me to remove my my content it's not right for you I don't get to judge you, just like no. I don't get to judge my neighbors for their Saturday night disco. <clears throat> exactly. I'm working on, I'm working hard to, 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 to not judge you. I, I get you. You know, we, we all get to have our own opinion. You yes. know, and I, I, get to, I get to have that. I think there's a difference between opinion and judgment, right? Yeah. So if somebody, if, if you go to an art gallery, you're not going to love every, everything that's mm. in there. Yeah. Even though it's held in esteem and it's been, you know, put in that gallery because of that, 
you know, you're not going to appreciate it or it's not going to speak to you. That doesn't mean it's wrong. And I get to have my opinion and say, I don't enjoy this. It doesn't speak to me. I, I'm not, it, it just isn't doing it for me. Yeah, yeah. But that's really different to the artist should never have created this. What was Picasso thinking? And it's also different to the idea that, you know, that the artist should create for a specific audience, you know, as well. There's the, you know, the idea that um, everyone has uh, an opinion on art, but uh, not everyone understands that their opinion is not always needed. Um, so sometimes people will, apropos, uh, literally of nothing, they will come up to you and they will give you an opinion on something, whether or not you asked for it, were looking for it, or indeed, they had any qualification to say that you know <laughs> sometimes people will come up and have have ridiculous opinions of things and it is none of their business um unless you are asking specifically um and for especially this is i think that inner critic comes out when we're doing it for work if, you know for ourselves well i can't do that because i shouldn't because i wasn't good at it or i didn't you know i i'm not supposed to take part in this exercise you know what i mean yeah so you're a singer Mm. Um, and I've heard you sing many times. You're fabulous. Thank you. How, how, what does it take to sing in public for the first time? Oh, um, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm what you would call um, an introverted extrovert. <clears throat> um, extroverted introvert. Extroverted introvert. That's the way around. Um, so I have a, a bit of a thing in that I, I just love it. Um, I think the thing about it for me is uh, I kind of need to do it on a regular basis, it turns out, uh, because I will go, I will lose my mind if I don't regularly sing. Um, <clears throat> I think I've gotten to the point now where I actually don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be for an audience, um, as long as I can do it and vocalize and do it because I used to do it all the time as a kid and just sing and sing and sing no matter what was happening where I was <laughs> what was going on I was on the beach singing I can tell you um I was on and it was anywhere you could imagine me singing I was doing it singing into the wind um <laughs> pretending that no one could hear me and this is mom if you have video footage I will pay money for that Oh, honestly, I don't think there's video footage, there's photographs of me dressed as a young Catwoman, because obviously I wanted to be Catwoman in all of her guises, um, <clears throat> you know. But um, uh, yeah, so I think for me, it just feels natural. It just does. I'm going to do it. I have to. Um, that isn't to say I don't feel nervous. Um, that isn't to say I don't get <clears throat> the nerves every single time. And I do. I get nerves every time I go on stage, no matter how big or small that stage is, I still have nerves. Um, I think because it's so important to me, um, it's a compulsion that goes beyond the nerve at, at a certain point, I have to do it. Um, even when sometimes when I don't want to, the minute that first note starts to come out and I start to feel confident in the vocal, as soon as I can feel the music, then that's that's what takes you through. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there is something in our skeleton when we sing because I am I'm not a singer. Um, I when I have sung around other people, most especially my children, who are probably the most judgmental. Um, <laughs> almost like, you know, there's a physical reaction. 
So I know that I'm not singing in the key that they um, would love to hear. Um, let's just say it like that. But I sing in the car. Uh, I sing yeah. a, a lot. And, and when I'm not, when I don't spend time in the car, like in, in um, lockdown, you know, it's like uh, I didn't have an outlet. There's no way I was going to sing in my house because, you know, one of my children lives with me and they go, that 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 would just be more than I could handle. But I sing in my car. I, I love the the vibration, the skeletal vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that that connection and that expression and mm-hmm. it's not for anybody else but when you sing on a stage or when you put an album out there then you you are putting it out there that that's where the vulnerability comes in mm-hmm. because it, it, let's say on a stage you're performing for somebody right it depends on the context ah. it depends on the context sometimes i'm performing for an audience at a for instance I, I work a regular brunch show as a drag brunch show. I am performing for that audience. I'm performing the music that I want to perform, but I'm still performing for that audience. So uh, I will do certain things within that. There'll be nudges and winks towards the, you know, I'll pick certain songs that they might not always know, but a certain to, to move along a, a show. However, if I'm singing something from my own record, it's a very different set of performances. Um, interestingly enough, there's an article that's just going around. I can't remember where, who put this, who put this out, but it is a reputable publication, if I remember correctly, stating that, uh, humans have evolved specifically to play music and to interpret music. Um, it's one of the things that we have done. It's probably based on the, the foundation of, of mammalian communication. Uh, you know, mammals all over the world develop extremely intricate, um, uh, neural pathways when it comes to uh, 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 vocalizations um, <clears throat> and creating alphabets and things like that. Everything from prairie dogs have these insane alphabets that they use. Um, so we have to interpret sound in lots of these ways. And it, I think it's quite interesting you bring up skeletally um, because you can certainly like everybody feels that movement, even if you're not, even if you don't have say even if you're not a hearing person you know you will still interpret sound through vibration um i think our bodies are still uh you know very receptive to that information i think it can change us quite substantially actually i think it can heavily change a mood um there are certain sounds and certain sounds i specifically look for within artists repertoire because i've found them immediately calming um some of the calmest I've ever been is listening to one particular song, which I won't go into, but uh, there's one particular song where a performer hits a certain note and she does it with a very specific rasp on her voice. And it is the sound of pure release. I cannot describe it in any other way. It is Nirvana. It is pure release. It is the most free I have ever felt. If someone gets that from listening to a piece of music or interpreting sound through that, that vibration, then why would you not allow them to do it? It is essential, I think, to be able to immerse ourselves in that form of sound at some point, to enjoy it and play with it on an extremely personal level. You get to enjoy the sound and the music and interpret it in the way you want to interpret it. That isn't for anybody else to, to, to do. No, and I guess I guess what we're talking about here is when you're performing in cabaret mm-hmm. or, um, or, or even if you were drawing something, because I know you mm. draw um, beautifully as well. So, you know, more reasons to hate you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, because we, be, 
in the early days of confidence through cabaret i would try and draw what i envisioned our logo would be and it it wasn't recognizable um and so so this would very kindly try and interpret that in but i'm no master draftsman but you are but what what i mean is when you're draw, when you're singing or performing a cabaret mm -hmm. or when you're drawing in a commercial sense in other words for other people for yes. their entertainment for their consumption that is quite a different intention it is than performing for yourself because yeah. you have chosen to perform that and your audience basically can go to hell that is very correct <laughs> that is very correct and i think you have to bring a little bit of that into every aspect of it there has to be a little bit of of fuck you essentially excuse my language but there has to be a little bit of that because uh sometimes people will just announce their feelings to you whether or not they're accurate or not and they will base that on their on their idea of what they think you should be doing um and sometimes those can be very limiting and insulting things so you have to have a certain amount of this is still for me um and i'm still going to enjoy the piece that i'm working with i'm still going to enjoy that um and bring it through but it does it does affect how you how you put yourself across and i think for slightly more corporate events i'm probably a little less emotionally invested in things because it is it is more about how um it's more about creating a mood in that moment um whereas if i'm running a specific show or doing my own material i'm really trying to focus on the intention of that piece a little bit more than i am you know except otherwise but intention is everything intention mm -hmm. is everything right even if you're talking about problem solving in your business then it's about okay this is this is the actual isolated problem or solution that i'm working towards yes. and then we create from from that intention mm -hmm. and that is so important to know what your intention is rather than you know if i if i pick up a, a, a pen or a pencil see i don't even draw because i'm talking about picking up a pen um but if i'm picking up a, a pens well no. limiting beliefs going on here i don't know i don't even know where i would start but see but there's no intention there so right. there's no if my intention was just to express and um so, somebody uh in Which the is a perfectly reasonable intention by the way yeah absolutely if it's just to express you know um then then i could just express yeah and I could just, you know, create lines, and yeah. I, it, and and it doesn't have to, it, it, it because my intention wasn't to create meaning. My intention wasn't to convey something. My intention was just express, you right. know. And, and, and so there, there, that intention is so key. Yeah, absolutely. And that's whole schools of art have been founded on the idea of creating something that is a pure the purest artistic expression people have never answered it because there's there's so many variations and forms mm. um that you can never really be truly certain of you know am i how can you create just art you know the idea of that it's it's so insane um and wonderful as a result by the way Absolutely. Um, but yeah whole schools of, of of thought and philosophy and art have been based on that on that exact presumption you know mm -hmm. um and if you're just doodling on a on a piece of scrap paper with you know on a post-it note at the corner of your eye when you're on the phone to somebody that is a form of creation and artistic process that is you literally creating just because so if you can doodle on a piece of paper it doesn't have to be something just abstract shapes doesn't matter 
if you're doing that, that is your mind, your body creating. That is your expression coming out. It's doing it somewhere. Always. There's always some form of it. If you're an art teacher, um, uh, please get in touch because uh, two of my children were told doodling is a waste of time. So oh. I know. So Sorry. let's let's um, <laughs> one yeah. of whom is has my artistic uh, eye, <laughs> as Hi. in as in for drawing is you oh. know really basic stick people, and the other is is a is a very accomplished um, sure, drawer sure. themselves, and both told that same thing. Yeah. How how that limiting belief comes into play is is very different. So it's quite dangerous. What other literally? What is a sketchbook? Exactly, exactly. Don't don't even get me started with it. I I yeah. yeah. I I, th I think uh, I think I think a lot of times teachers don't understand the um, the basics of belief systems yes. and the harm that they're creating in terms of the affirmations of I can't draw, I can't dance, I can't sing, I can't whatever. Oh, some of the some of the most creative people I know have been told literally every single step of their, uh, especially of their academic life, um, as a, a you know trying art and going to art classes by any teacher from primary school upwards. Uh, they have been told without a doubt that they were untalented. Uh, some of these people are some of the most accomplished, like fine artists I've ever seen. Uh, will have an eye for aesthetic detail that is beyond stylists that I've seen on on you know being paid a lot of money. Um, you know I've seen people come out with you know with uh, huge budget sets coming out with absolute garbage ideas for for how something will be done, only to see my sister come out with something absolutely spectacular in a second. Oh, I wonder if this would look great with this way. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if I if I believed, you know, um, because art isn't the only um, way that we express our creativity. Mm -hmm. If I believed that I wasn't artistic and therefore not creative, then I wouldn't have had the career in business that I've had. Right. Where you know, corporations paid me a lot of money to mm -hmm. come in with creative solutions yes. because my creativity comes from play. Yeah. My creative creativity comes from what if and from right. curiosity and from, you know, just random association of things that actually comes to a, okay, that sounds ridiculous, but there is oh, some no. merit in that. And then, yeah. you know, kind of pulling that back and kind of going, actually, this is a solution that'll work for, you know, increasing business. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, creativity doesn't have to be, any kind of art it can be lots of different things yes absolutely so i want to ask you what is next for you in your creative ventures well uh i think next for me is uh potentially well there's there's an ep that'll start being worked on there's a, a third album that's that's half worked on um there's a bunch of different things coming uh there's a, a new set of uh, uh, illustrations and prints coming out on a, on a very different aspect of what I do. Um, so they'll be coming out and then hopefully in the next month and a half, uh, if I get my time scale right, they should all be available. Uh, so watch that. And uh, the rest of the time, it'll be touring my brand new record, Vulturine, which is available at dismusic.bandcamp.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> but go check it out. Do go and check it out. And, and and go and check out fragments as well because they're very beautiful different expressions 
Oh yeah, one is is dark as hell, and the other one is much lighter. Yeah, and I, and I love that. You know, it just you know, if you want to explore your creativity, then then look at you know, just just look at the difference in that. You know, and 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 how how that played out, and and know that there aren't limits. It's not you know, you you sing this genre of music, and that's mm. who you are, and you know that's exactly. that's what you do. And I'm trying not to name names, Ed Sheeran. <clears throat> yes. Um, but. <laughs> But but I think you know it, when we he doesn't you know, write his own music. Joking. <laughs> no, let's not even let's not even go there. Let's not even go there because I'm I'm sure that Ed Sheeran has a fan or two. But you know it's that it's that whole kind of thing of you know that you it's very clear that you're not doing this for commercial. You're doing this for expression. You're doing yeah. this to put that out there, and and that is healing for you. Yeah. That Don't is. Get me wrong. I would like the money. <laughs> You need to go and check out Vulturine yeah. and Fragments. <laughs> right, because creating is lovely, even in a vacuum, but it would also be nice to be paid for, for, for my work. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I, I think when when we find our audience, when we find the people that it's right for, mm -hmm. then you you people, when you find something that's right for you, you need to support those artists. You need to encourage that creativity. You yeah. need to give back to what it's given to you. Yeah. Because going back to the original conversation at the beginning about, you know, we're not valuing art enough. Mm -hmm. That is important that we support it. Right. And think about different uh, think about different avenues of expression. If you're if you're used to hearing a certain sound or a certain style, have a have a trip down something else. Go and go and try and explore something different. You know, when the, the first record I was doing was based on like a very sparse arrangement and then lots of cluttered arrangements, lots of industrial, uh, lots of post punk, lots of avant garde stuff. Um, and as I wanted to move into the next uh, phase of it, you know, I was working more with like pop textures and stuff like that and trying to look at different sounds and uh, trying to incorporate a lightness to, to what I was doing. And I ended up using like hip hop instrumentation and electronic instrumentation in a very different way. Um, I got to work with, you know, my friend Jada Love and we got to produce a, a lovely duet together. I know Jada is just, oh, don't get to, if you haven't checked out Jada Love, please check out Jada Love. She's yes. just phenomenal um she's got her own work um coming out is a volodage um there's a whole bunch of stuff that's she's she's just amazing and her cover of wicked game which is available online at the moment is stunning yeah. um but uh you know it was a case of try something new let's see where it takes us you know let's just experiment and play you know just allow that creativity that play again to to infuse in some aspect of your life you know see where it takes you well i'm glad you said that um and i'm glad that you have put that out there about go and check out and try different things try try other other genres as well um where would you like people to find you so Bandcamp. so i'm uh the house of dismay so that's h-a-u-s of Dismater, that's uh, O-V-D-I-S-M-A-T-E-R. Um, and that's the same on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then my uh, my all of my music is available to stream online. So you can uh, you can hear all of that available on Spotify or Amazon or iTunes or any of these places. Uh, Deezer as well, if you're in, in Europe. Um, uh, and uh, dismusic.bandcamp.com is my is all my official stuff. So you'll find the most of my stuff there. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
and and follow follow this on social media as well because um, then there will be you'll be able to learn more about some of the prints that are coming out as well. Absolutely. Um, which I have seen some of that outline of that work, and it is going to be spectacular. So do okay. so do check that out as well. And that's a very different speed. That's dinosaurs. <laughs> I know, but it's beautiful, right? Thank like you. I I have limited interest in dinosaurs, but deep interest in the. You hate the birds. I I I don't hate any anything really but i but i i appreciate the art mm. the detail the eye of those prints Thank and, you. and that and that is that that for me you know other people will enjoy it because they you know are into paleontology mm -hmm. and that you know so there would be different reasons why people would would love those prints but but do check them out when when Thank they you. are released as well Thank you very much. Ah, Dis, mm. I normally ask people, what would your stage name be? But your stage name is? Katie Homophobia. Obviously. <laughs> my name is, uh, my stage name is Dis. I am it's, Dis. It, it is. And I just want to ask you, if you were working with a prop on stage that you haven't worked with before. Aww. Because <laughs> I, I know you. Um, what would you. What would you work with? Hmm. You know, the thing I probably would go for now, uh, because I've never done anything with it and I haven't done a strip routine in a long time, is to to use like a classic boa. I'd really like to go into the I'd really like to use some classic props, something that's a little bit more of the the burlesque canon that I haven't really worked with before. I've done bits and pieces using like certain like fan silk pieces before, but never never done um the boa and I think there's just something still so very alluring about working with that there's something about the wrapping in and out of it the the tangle of it you know the the fact that it becomes not only part of your ensemble but then something part of your seduction and part of your narrative is really interesting beautiful I love that and and you you you've already explained why you want to use that prop and I I fully agree with you I actually thought you were going to say fans but nice. I see the boa. I see. I see the boa. I I I love that kind of that that wrapping. I think that's right. Like, and then unwrapping. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I think it's it's tied up into a lot of serpentine movement. And whenever I, I see things like serpentine flow in strip craft, I'm all over it. I love watching great serpentine flow. I just think it's beautiful. Amazing, amazing. Look, if you if you want to explore. You don't have to have a boa if you're listening to this or watching this. You could use a skipping rope. You could use uh, string. You could use jute. You could use, you know, anything to, to play with that and yeah. to, to feel what that's like to wrap and to unwrap and to move and, and feel feel its kind of, you right. know, flow just, just on your own. You know, exactly. that's what we're talking about with exploring creativity and and just trying out new things. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me, Diff. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much, everybody. It's been a, it's been a wonderful conversation. Uh, you can, if you if you can't remember all of the places to find Diff, or you want to get in touch with Confidence Through Cabaret, we are Confidence Through Cabaret on all of the socials except for Twitter, which is at YB YW YM. 
And I am at Heather YBYWYS on Clubhouse as well as Confidence and Attitudes Club on Clubhouse. Uh, those six beautiful little letters stand for, say it with me, Dis, because you helped me create this. <laughs> this is your, your body, your world, your space. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. you. And as always, you are an amazing friend of Confidence and Cabaret. Thank you again. Thank pleasure. you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.